You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Our guest today is Steve Carter, author, pastor, and national speaker. In their discussion, Steve teaches us how to guard our hearts above all else. Let's listen in. Steve Carter, man, it's so good to finally uh, meet you, have you on here. We have some mutual friends that have been telling me for months now. It's like, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to meet this guy. And so uh, here we are. I finally get to meet you. Bro, I feel like it's the same. I mean, the, the, the amount of people who have just been like, you've got to know Pat. And I mean, this is the first time we've actually yeah. seen each other face to face. We've had a couple phone calls, but like yeah. to actually be, I feel like we need to like send a number of people because they have been praying that this yes. kind of hangout would actually happen. It's so, happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. And I can already tell they were right. They were right. So, <laughs> so people that may not know you, yeah. um, most, well, <laughs> most I don't people. know. You, you, uh, you're an author, right? Yeah. Speaker, yep. national speaker. You speak all over the place. Um, we're going to get to the book you just wrote. What else do you do? Uh, podcaster. Uh, yeah. I, I love to work with communicators and really help them get yeah. better at the craft of communication. So I kind of oversee this thing called Craft and Character. It's a podcast and okay. preaching cohort. Um, and then I also do a sports podcast uh, called The Home Team Podcast, which talks about the intersection of faith and sports and culture and family with Sam Macho and Trey Burton. Yeah, yeah. So let's get this out of the way right away. Yeah. If someone's going, okay, I'm interested in some of the things he's talking about, how would they find you? Where um, would they go? You could just go to stevecarter.org yeah. and then the podcaster there, has the books there, has everything there. there. Yeah. yeah. If someone wants to become a better communicator, I've seen you communicate. They need to, they, they need to, yeah, you, <laughs> you are gifted at uh, that. You're very gifted at that. Thank I've you. seen you communicate a few times. And um, so that's, that's really good. So you just had a book that came out. Um, amazing book. I was just telling you that uh, anytime I read a book that I like, I take all the highlighted sections, I'll drop it into a Word document. And so I have this document in front of me here. It's five pages of things I highlighted in the first five chapters. So the title of your book is The Thing Beneath the Thing. Why did you write that? Yeah, you know, Paul writes in Romans 7, 15, he says, I do not understand what I do, which I like to quote the Bible. Yeah. But whenever I do something dumb, and my wife asked me, I can't say, well, babe, you know how Paul said, I do not understand what <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. She's going to look at me, she's going to be like, start yeah. understanding, yeah, right? Yeah, figure it and out. Yeah, and then the next sentence that he says is, the good I want to do, I just don't do, but the thing I hate, I do. Yeah. And I, I think I've just always wrestled personally and wondered why we do what we do. Yeah. Or maybe better said, yeah. why I do what I do. And, and realizing, man, I can live my life very, very efficient. And profoundly disconnected. I can get stuff done, wow. but absolutely unaware of the emotion that's driving me. And so I think just having the chance to yeah. really and privileged to sit with people as a pastor and yeah. a friend and um, voice, uh, just beginning to understand what was the thing that happened that led you to make that decision. And this whole book was just yeah. my best attempt to help people understand a little bit more why they do what they do. So where did, where did you start doing that? Because I'll just, again, to, to give a plug to this book, I just read this a f- few weeks ago. I'm 49 years old. I've been in ministry most of my life. But your book helped me in just the last few weeks pause sometimes when I feel an emotion come up when I'm, I'm angry about something or uh, I'm, f- I'm feeling inadequate, all of a sudden I go, 
Why is that there? Why am I feeling that? Yeah. Right. And that's so where did you figure that out? Because that's what you're that's really what you're trying to get us to do. Right. 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 Well, again, I've had some really great mentors. Um, I love to study the scriptures. I've had some really great counselors in my life who just tried to help me walk through um, my own issues, my own pain, my own addictions and struggles. And, you know, one thing I realized my counselor told me this, he said, Steve, whenever you get hysterical, it's most likely historical. So whenever you have Ooh, that's some, a good line. yeah, you know, some moment of like anger or frustration or like sadness, it, it came from somewhere. It's most likely yeah. historical. But oftentimes, whenever we get triggered, and I talk about this in the book because things, this acronym, but the T's, the triggers, is we see the triggers as permission and license to escape. Mm. Instead mm. of having the curiosity to go, what happened that caused this? Yeah. And I think, too, you know, growing up as a 90s kid, I mean, we were, we were raised on athletes who channeled their anger. So Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors, yeah. he said the two greatest competitors he's ever been around, Michael Jordan and Steph Curry. He said, but what's different about them is what motivates them, what drives them. Michael Jordan, he said, was driven by anger. And he'd turn anything and channel it into anger. He'd I make up stories. I just watched the latest documentary oh, yeah, about him. Yeah, was Last like, Dance. Yep. He will make He'd it. have to make up something to make him angry. Okay, so that was his driving force. Dri driving force, right? And I think for many of us in the 90s, we grew up on that. Whereas for Steph, he says, Steph's different. Steph, Easily most competitive person he's been around, but he's motivated by joy. He gets to do this. Wow, what a difference. Though. What a difference, right? And so, again, you think about when all of a sudden anger or fear or insecurity or anxiety takes over control of us. Well, again, the decisions that we make aren't going to be the, the most helpful. Yeah. But when joy, yeah. when peace, when love, when grace yeah. take over... All of a sudden, yeah. the way of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, starts to take over. Yeah. So that's that's kind of been the, the the real genesis is again why we do what we do and, and what to do about it. Yeah. So what what were some habits that you started developing in your life to help you get to the thing beneath the thing, right? Because that's where I, I I mean you're helping me with this because there was a lot there's been a lot of times where I feel an emotion I get hysterical mm -hmm. and I never pause to yeah. to think through okay there's something historical here. Yeah. But you've obviously developed some habits in your life to help you do that. What are they? Well, I married a woman who just is brutally honest with me. And that has helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I came home and you've probably been in these moments where you just you're in a meeting and someone just frustrates you. And you're a little hot about it. And yeah. you go home and you, you kind of want a little spousal backup. And yeah, you, yeah. You, you hope that she can say the thing you want to say, but you want to be kind of good and you just hope she just obliterates the yeah, other person. Yeah. And so I'm like telling her he did it again, minimize my idea. And my wife's like, well, isn't God so kind? I'm like, what do you mean God's so it's kind? It's not what you wanted to hear. <laughs> no, I, I need backup. Like yeah. go after this guy. He yeah. did it again. Why is God so kind? She's like, God's so kind that he keeps bringing people into your life who remind you of someone who deeply wounded you. And until you have the courageous curiosity to honor that truth, your life's going to be held in check and you're going to continue to look for ways to escape. Wow. And I, I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And I, I think that was the, that yeah. was the genesis for me to wake up and go, oh yeah, this yeah. is what it means when I get hysterical. It's most likely historical. This person is just reminding yeah. me of some pain. And again, our whole life, when it gets into autopilot, we just react. And whenever we react, we're just reenacting the past. Yeah. And so 
all of a sudden I started to begin to go, I got to start to slow my life down yeah. to, to just to become more aware. And one of the practices that I've done for a number of years is, you know, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is I look at the past week, last 168 hours, and I guard my heart by playing it back. And I just go, hey, was there a moment in the past week where, you know, my anger, my, I, I'm, I did something, I said something, I, I, I just reacted. And then I, I don't just look at the fruit because we're fascinated by fruit, good fruit yeah. and bad fruit. Yeah. But I, I want to get to, again, what's underneath, the roots. Yeah. And I go, what caused that? I was tired. I was hungry. I, I was stressed. I was fearful. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this person then triggered me. So I play it back. Then I play it out. And I, I look so ahead. You play it back. Play it and back. And then you play it out. Play it out. And I, I look ahead to the next 168 hours. Again, played basketball. Cal State Fullerton plays I sat at the bench. I got free shoes. Yeah. But I remember one time we're playing Kansas State and the coach brought us in after warm-ups, said, bow your heads. I got excited. I thought we were going to pray. We weren't praying. He, he, <laughs> he just had us visualize. He said, hey, when you run out on the court, what's the student section going to call you? And I knew because they, they kept yelling every time I touched the ball in warm-ups. They said, coach's son, because they're like, there's no way he could be on the team unless he's a coach's son, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I, but great. what happens when you make a bad pass? How are you going to respond? What happens when you miss an easy shot? How are you gonna respond? He was hitting you to play it out. Play it out. So I started to think, okay, yeah. put yourself in that same situation. You're gonna be tired this next week. You're gonna have a moment where you feel stressed. You feel late. You feel like you, you don't have all the tools you need to, to pull this thing off. What would it look like to make a healthy escape in, instead of an unhealthy escape? And I imagine Jesus, my rabbi, my Lord, my savior beside me, and almost like in some Coach Popovich, like Belichick, you know, kind of whispering, how you want to run this play? Telling, uh, trying to get you to run, to play it out the play right out. way. Exactly. And yeah. and so I just kind of journal about that. I go, wow. Oh, this is this is how I would do that. Yeah. And just and again, it's just almost. How long one, have you been doing that? About four or five years. Yeah. And just so kinda, you so you play it back. Yeah. You review the week. Yeah. You identify some some times when you were like you saw emotions or something yeah. triggering yeah. you, right? And then you figure out what you did. Yep. But then you play it out. Yep. How will you do it differently next how, time? Is how that I do it different? Yeah. Exactly. And then the last two is if, again above all else, guard your heart. So I play it smart because everything flows out of my heart. Yeah. And so I go, how am I going to refill my heart? Yeah. If everything flows out of it, what do I need to do in this yeah. next week to make sure that my heart? And so I go to you know sporting events. Yeah. I had date nights with my wife. Like, what am I going to do to make sure time with the Lord, time with mentors, time with friends, yep. to make sure that this thing is running well. Yep. And then the last thing is I play it honest. So I play it back, I play it out, play it smart. Lastly, play it honest. And dude, too many yeah. guys, you're like, hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Yeah. What's up? Oh, yeah. um, I'm I know, fine. I know the answer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. And I'm like, you're not fine. Yeah. You're scared out of your mind. Yeah. And so our feelings have movement. That's why they call them emotions. And until guys can actually be really honest with their heart and say, I'm scared. Yeah. I got, I don't. I, I'm afraid about, you know, my I high school. inadequate. Or, or, inadequate. Like the things that guys are never going to usually share with each other. Exactly. So we, we, we think we're playing it real. We're playing it soft. And I'd rather play it honest. Yeah. And so, so part of that is, so when my, my wife asks, how are you? I'm going to tell her. And when my guys ask me, how are you doing? Yeah. I'm going to tell them. Yeah. Because, again, if I'm not breaking myself, pouring myself out, yeah. then what kind of example in my setting and that's the example that christ set for me yep broke yep. himself open poured himself out 
man, we could go a whole not, we won't, <laughs> but we could go a whole nother yeah. direction yeah. with this on, but that's what real friendship or uh, real relationship. Like you don't, you don't have an intimate relationship with your wife. If when she asks you how you're doing, if you're never honest, come on, uh, uh, you and I as friends, if I ask you how you're doing, it's always like, good. Yeah. That's not a real friendship, right? right? But that's a whole nother direction. We'll take yeah. that. Maybe we'll have you on yeah, another yeah, yeah. time and go there. So, so, so review those again. This, this is why, again, this is why you're a great communicator. Because yeah. this is, uh, I've heard you, if people haven't heard you speak before, you got to go to the website that you shared. What is that again? SteveCarter.org. SteveCarter.org and listen to some of your messages. Because it's the same thing you do in communication. You're very clear. Mm. So what are those four things again? Uh, play back. Okay. Play it out. Play it smart. Play it honest. Yeah. And doing that, you will guard your heart and what flows out of it yeah. will be the good stuff. Yeah. What's what's one of the most difficult of those for you? What was one of the most difficult for you to learn? Playing it honest. Because I, I want to manage how people perceive me. I want to manage... You're an Enneagram 3, aren't you? Enneagram 3. If I'm not winning, I'm me sinning, too. buddy. <laughs> that's, that's my mantra. Yeah, 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 dude. I mean, yeah. that's it. That's it. And, 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 we, and the danger for us is we like to wear masks, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 I was talking to uh, a pastor friend... And, you know, once and kind of we were talking about it and he just said, you know, what's funny is if Jesus cared about his reputation, he would have never left heaven. Wow. And you're like, holy cow, like that. And I, I, I think too much about it. I, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's been a great stripping away in this season for me. Why, why have you decided? Cause now that's not easy and I get it. Cause yeah. I'm an Enneagram three, two, and that's one of our biggest struggles. Why have you decided that it's worth it for you? Like you, you said, it's the hardest thing, to be honest. Obviously, somewhere along the line, you decided it was worth it because you're trying it. You're doing it. Yeah. You know, there's a have you heard of the cadets prayer um, and at West Point? If you go there, yeah. 1920s, the the chaplain started to, to really kind of have all of the new cadets memorize this prayer. Yeah. It's four or five paragraphs. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's this one line in it that says, may we be committed to the harder right over the lesser wrong. And I, I think when our kind of attention um, isn't on the things of God and on the voice of Christ and on the kingdom, um, what, what takes and grabs hold of our attention will quickly become where we pledge our allegiance. Yeah. And you just see it, you know, like you saw it in Rwanda. You know, they, they'd say 90% of that country had been, you know, said yes to Christ. Yeah. And then the genocide broke out. Have a, they have a genocide. Exactly. And, and people realized that their allegiance was first to their tribe and then to Christ. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's, it's beginning to recognize that I think where I grew up, my allegiance was to my image, to my reputation, to how people perceived me. And I could, I could say Jesus and I could sing Hillsong songs. I could, mm -hmm. I could quote mm -hmm. verses, but the end of the day, I was running it through a filter, not, hey, what does God think about this? Or what does Christ desire from this? But how will people perceive me? And that's, that's it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous isn't it? game because dangerous it makes game. everything about you. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's parts of it where I, I caught it soon. And also, I think I saw people who didn't have the courage to catch that. And so instead of doing the harder right, they chose the lesser wrong. Yeah. And they didn't finish the race. Didn't didn't go well. Yep. And didn't go well. And so yep. that's the piece where you go, you're like, oh, um, that could be me. Yeah. 
And, and that's where you decided it was worth the pain. It's worth the pain. It's worth the pain. You know, another reason that I would love to encourage people to read your book is you find out some of the stories you tell. You you didn't come on this easily. Hmm. It was some pain in your life that brought this, right? Yeah. And again, yeah. all the listeners, any listener has gone through some painful times, that's but right. the pain taught you some of these lessons, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I, I think, you know, again, that's where we, there's the greatest gr growth. I mean, I think oftentimes in our kind of Western faith that we can remove suffering. Yeah. And it's why yeah. when you read like the New Testament, there's experiencing mm -hmm. suffering, you know, mm -hmm. and recognizing that you're prepared in the pain, that God prepares us in the pain. And through that, we discover God's purposes and plan. And when we can grab hold of that redemptive story and yeah. really believe all things work together for good, He's going to provide for his people. Yeah. And that's just, you just see this movement throughout the Hebrew scriptures and New Testament. And yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing to realize it's not just back then, but it's also right here today yeah. in me. Yeah. And when you bring up that, the, the, how did you put it? The, the kind of the Western Christianity mm -hmm. or the Western mindset, there are some things that we don't really realize that we buy into. I would have argued adamantly with you probably 10 years ago that I bought into that lie. Mm. But some of the pain I went through in the last 10 years made me realize I had subtly thought if I live a good life, I should get a good life. Yeah. That that, but, but that's not what the Bible teaches. That's right. It, it actually says if you live a good life, uh, you're still going to have pain. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But our greatest growth can come through those times. That's right. Right. That's right. But if, if, but that's an if there, right? And that's what your book, I think, unpacks well, um, you know, hurt people hurt people. So mm -hmm. it can actually be worse if we're not careful. Yeah. You're helping us learn how to take those painful situations or those triggers and turn them for good. That's right. Correct? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really beautifully said. Like that's, that's the hope, right? And, you know, the Salvation Army, the founder um, said, the greatness of a man's power is the measure of their surrender. And you just, you just begin to discover when you realize <laughs> like, as Dallas Willard says, you want to know where God lives. He lives at the end of your rope. And when you're kind of like, oh, that's so good. This is this is. I have no other options. Like mm -hmm. I've I've exercised all mm -hmm. of this, and I've chased this, and I've I've gotten angry about this, and I've pursued this, and I've done this. Like it didn't satisfy. So underneath that, I need help. Yeah. And I think it's in that process that you experience heaven rushing in, and the best stuff being shaped and formed. And and you know, a word that I didn't hear growing up was sanctification and yeah. i mean it's too many syllables it's a yeah, long yeah, word yeah. you know but i was yeah. like but but I, again it's the process of becoming whole holy and spiritually healthy and that's the character school that's the formation mm -hmm. that's the that's that's the longing that we have that our son or our daughter would look at us um, and go i want to be like them mm -hmm. i want to i want to be honest and human like them i, I want their faith i want but that doesn't <laughs> Nobody just drifts towards being a person of integrity. Yeah. It takes effort. Yeah. And I think that's the part of the surrender and the effort. Like, I don't like going to the gym. I mean, obviously, I yeah. haven't been to the gym. Yeah. You have. <laughs> but like, but like, it it's, painful. It's, it's painful. It's painful. It, yeah. it takes work. And just showing up once a week, then then cut it. You, you got to go multiple times. And there's a process of surrender and commitment and effort and showing up and pushing yourself yeah. and having a coach and having a plan. I mean, it's all of this it's stuff. like that in any part of our life, isn't yes. there? Yes, that's yeah. why I like you so yeah. much. You yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I mean, that's the, the book has been so good because I think any of us can, we slowly start morphing into the easy way. And 
your book helped me just in the, just the last few weeks realize, okay, there's some areas in my life that I've just allowed to, I, I've just gotten lazy in. Um, I'm not paying attention. I'm not asking like, okay, someone just cut in front of me. Why did I like go? That, that was ridiculous. My reaction, where is that? But that's the key. Where is that coming from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I have some questions I got to ask you yeah, right at the end. Yeah. It's going to be fun. But just again, to wrap up, because great communication is repeat, repeat, repeat. Right. So repeat for us one more time, because I'm going to put this into practice. Yeah. What are those four things you talked about? Yeah. You relentlessly guard your heart by playing it back. Okay. So looking back at the past week and then playing it out, kind of visualizing the week ahead and kind of trying it again, practicing it, playing it smart. How do you refill your heart? And then playing it honest, committing, deliberately committing to say, I'm going to be honest with my friends, honest with God, honest with my spouse about how I'm really doing. Oh, bro, that's so good. Yeah. That is so good. Nice. Okay, so one of the fun things we do on this podcast, which is funny because we call it No Gray Areas. This is ironic. I want you to give me two truths and a lie. See if I can get it. The audience is going to try to figure out. We learned a little bit about you, but we're going to try to guess. Two truths and a lie. All right, two truths and lie. Uh, first one is I married the top amateur horseback rider in the country. Uh, second one, I was in a Coolio hip hop artist from the 90s music video. And three, I am the biggest Michigan football fan you will ever meet in your life. Okay, I'm going to say uh, number two, the video. I, that's got to be true. It is true. Yes, yes. All right. And then, and then, let's see if I can guess right. I'm, I'm going to say number three is true because you're a communicator and you're trying to stump me by pausing, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. That's right. So it is true. You are a huge Michigan fan? I'm a huge Michigan fan. Biggest Michigan fan you'll ever meet in your life. Really? Yeah. yeah. I got some friends that are Ohio State fans. Oh, man. O-H-N-O. O-H-N-O. <laughs> you know what's amazing is most of your friends who are Ohio State fans, yeah have left Ohio and they moved to Arizona. They Is that did. right? <laughs> oh, she's here. She's here. She's working the camera. Right. That's awesome. Right. I get it. I would left Ohio too. Yes. I, you know, just kidding. I'm kidding. You're, so, uh, yeah. you're right on though. I know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone leaves yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the kind of crazy piece. My wife was one of the top amateur horseback riders. Really? In the country. I mean, it's amazing. She's like the Robert Redford. But there's there was no actual ranking per se. Yeah. But people would say, hands down, like... They'd never seen anybody yeah. in high school like absolutely be able to mesmerize a horse like her and super, super bizarrely gifted. So that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Montana. I grew oh. up riding horses yeah. and I found out um, it's not like a bike where they say, you know, once you learn to ride a bike. So I grew up riding horses, grew up riding bareback. Years later, hadn't ridden horses in like 15 years. Yeah. Someone invites me out to their ranch. They say, hey, let's go riding horses. I found out you can you can lose that. <laughs> that gift. I felt like such a city boy bouncing around. I couldn't say so. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Steve, thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. It was a gift to, to get to visit with you and to meet you finally. Thanks Thank a you lot, so man. much, Pat. means the world. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.